Blog Talk Radio.
feeling like committing a crime Get a lot for that, I won't snitch, I ain't dropping a dime I'm a self-made hustler, top of the line I'm to welcome you to another episode of the foundation this is the foundation we are high frequency it is a pleasure I'm your host so L and it is my pleasure to welcome you to the foundation where we understand incorrect information incorrectly applied can get you hurt Correct information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So we're always looking to correctly apply that correct information. And I would like to start off by saying, as I always do, all thanks, honors, praises, accolades due to the creator and the ancestors. I definitely want to say peace, big up, shout out, salute the big brother Yusuf L. High Frequency Radio Network creator, Private Side Solutions, SBC University, blah, blah, blah. Shout outs to the big brother. Shout out to Uncle Yusuf L. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I would like to welcome you to check out welcome to the foundation.com. Make sure you sign up for the email list. It's a big deal, you know, you miss out on stuff. Check out the PDF section, free, free information. Just read it. Just download it, take it, bow. You know, get your education on. Speaking of education, you can check out the education tab. We can find the foundation trust primer over eighteen documents hand selected by me, myself, and I. For those who are starting out, looking to, you know, begin their Trust, private education, you know, and they're looking where to start. That's where you start. You got a lot of questions. Where do I start? So, you start right there. So, you know, Foundation Trust Primer, very affordable. You can also check out the Passport No Social. Chris L. Put It Down, Part 1, Part 2, Part 1, How to Get It, Part 2, How to Use it. That's what he said. So you can check out the Passport No Social Part 1, Part 2 in the Education tab as well as pa- Presently Excuse me at The Foundation Trust Series Part 1, Part 2 And shortly and soon You will be able to grab the 
Foundation Trust Series Part 3 from the website, but it does exist. Email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com if you're interested in the passport. I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> Foundation Trust Series Part 3. Or the passport, no social. See you next. <clears throat> as well as Welcome to the Foundation. Check out the Instagram, Facebook page, Twitter page. You can book a consultation. You can make a donation all from the same spot. Welcome to the Foundation.com. Appreciate y'all. Really do. I want to say peace to all the listeners, all the live callers, live listeners, internet listeners. I want to say peace to all the archive listeners, podcast listeners. As well as the MP3 listeners, I would like to say Peace to all the trustees in private trustee training. Keep it up. Y'all doing great. As well as peace to all those investing in their private education. I also want to say peace to anyone that we have done business with in the private. Anyone who sent an email or well wishes or current event or anyone who's otherwise added to the foundation. I mean, I'm in a good mood, y'all. I went to Dennis today. Everything was good. I mean, that vegan diet, vegan ease. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? You, what? What are you, man? You black? You mixed? I'm like, bro, I'm vegan ease. <laughs> I'm just playing. But, uh, yeah, let's get the show started, man. Let's jump into these current events, man. I'm over here laughing, but the news is all bad. I do want to start off the show by saying today's episode is a lesson from the private side. I'm basically going to talk to y'all like I talk to trustees in the private. Basically, I'm going to put y'all on some game. I'm going to kind of give you, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? A, uh, a taste, a little tidbit of what it's like to be, you know, and trustee training here at the foundation. That's the whole point of this episode. You know, a lesson, a lesson from the private side. You know, I'm looking forward to it. But you know, hey, let's jump into these current events. You know how we do, 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 do. CNN business, man. CNN business, London. Markets can't ignore the. <laughs> Any longer, stocks are dropping. You know that. <laughs> that's the. That's the. <coughs> that's the. <coughs> I don't like it any more than you do. London CNN business stocks are selling off sharply on fears of infections that are spiraling out of control again, and government leaders could have no choice but to enact another wave of lockdowns. Thanks. What's happening? U.S. futures point to steep declines at the open today with Dow futures off 1.7% on more than 450 points. I think it ended up being something crazier than that. European stocks plunged to their lowest level in five months. Quote, the financial markets are still nervous about rising case numbers. And uh, (coughs) this is Paul Donovan, chief economist at UBS Global Wealth management who went on to say quote the concern is about the impact this may have on fear levels 
either amongst consumers or amongst policy makers. Not looking good. London ain't popping right now. Donovan said policymakers seem more worried than the general public, which, uh, you know, doesn't make sense. They have more information and typically more inside their knowledge than the general public does. But that's just me. That may mean that the United States, where restrictions have been more limited, the economic damage will be less severe. One reason U.S. stocks haven't been selling off sharply as those across the Atlantic. I don't know. I wouldn't agree with that so much. So much so. You do your dance, though. Let's move on. Stocks close sharply lower on rising cases. This is the Wall Street Journal. U.S. stocks continue to sell off today in what is shaping up to be the worst week since late March as rising infections shook investors' confidence in the global economic recovery. The Dow Industrials lost 943.24 points. Baby. Fourth losing session in a row in the worst day since June 11th. That's Wall Street Journal. What does Reuters have to say? Reuters.com vote in virus volatile markets bring reminder of March turmoil. Equity and currency volatility shot higher today and the cost of sourcing dollars rose, reflecting fears that U.S. election and resurgent pandemic could dip markets back into sort of chaos endured earlier this year. Yipes. A sell-off in March wiped a third of the value of the U.S. stock indexes. I like the word indices. I think that's more correct, but I don't you know. Who knows, man? Over a three-week period and the premium for cash dollars hit multi-year highs as the pandemic slammed markets and locked down economies. Now with less than a week to go, Before the U.S. presidential election, a resurgence of cases is forcing Germany and France to consider stringent new restrictions that will almost certainly damage Europe's faltering economic recovery. Not looking good for across the pond, you know. Uh, Hey, Reuters, pandemic's latest spread triggers surge in the VIX fear gauge for U.S. Stocks, if you don't know the VIX, which is short for VIX, Voluntary, I'm, I'm sorry, Volatility Index, Wall Street's, quote, fear gauge, end quote, is on track for its biggest weekly jump since March, as investors worried about rising U.S. and European cases, the lack of fiscal stimulus, and uncertainty about U.S. presidential election outcome. The VIX had climbed on Monday amid concerns about a tightening U.S. presidential race. With today's jump, the index has surged nearly 13 points this week, along with the (coughs) concerns about stalled efforts in Washington toward further fiscal stimulus measures and the outcome of Tuesday's U.S. presidential election have helped maintain high volatility in U.S. stocks, the VIX is now pricing in daily moves of more than 2%. Quote, uh, markets are confronting a perfect storm. This is Chief Investment Officer at Independent Advisor Alliance in Charlotte, North Carolina, Chris Zaccarelli. Some investors have been prepping for bigger market gyrations for weeks. Assets under management and exchange-traded products that 
investors used to guard against the drop in U.S. stocks have steadily grown since mid-September. September, I think that's Spanish. I don't know. I just guessed. VIX futures, which have long reflected expectations for higher volatility toward year end, have also risen. November futures, which capture the weeks following the election, were, tra- were trading, pardon me, above 35 today. Crazy. Crazy if you know what it means. CNBC brace for a fairly scary time on Wall Street. Wells Fargo warns. The firm's head of macro strategy warned today um, that today's market turbulence may just be a preview of what's ahead. I'm trying to tell y'all the stock market is about to go bang, bang. Quote, when you think about the U.S. elections, (coughs) worsening and all sorts of other news, it could be a fairly scary time. End quote. This is uh, who is this? Who said that? Wells Fargo Securities' Michael Schumacher on what is that? Oh, that was today, yo. While jitters over rising virus cases drove the latest sell-off, sure, Schumacher warns election uncertainty has the potential to pummel stocks even more. Certainty. Certainty. CNN Business Boeing will lay off 7,000 workers. As losses mount, Boeing announced it will cut an additional 7,000 jobs as its losses continue to mount following a plunge in revenue. The aircraft maker had already announced that it was reducing staff by 19,000 earlier this year through a combination of voluntary and involuntary layoffs. It said today it expects to get down to about 130,000 jobs by the end of the year which would mean an additional 7,000 job cuts in addition to the natural attrition at the company throughout the year. In August, the company had warned employees that there would be additional job cuts coming as it offered a new round of buyouts. Boeing did not immediately identify where the job cuts would occur, and it's not clear if this will be the end of the cuts. Y'all see, well, I'll be telling y'all, start a family business, start your own business, work for yourself, I don't care what you're doing. Shout out to everybody who works for themselves. Got their own business popping. Got business credit. Got got cars on their business credit and stuff, man. Doing this shabamadam. Reuters.com oil plunges over 5% to four-month low as (coughs) surges. U.S. crude oil output soars. Goodness. Oil prices fell more than 5% today, sending Brent to a four-month low as Surging cases and infections in the United States and Europe prompted renewed lockdowns and Fed expectations for new declines in fuel demand. Also pressuring prices, U.S. crude stockpiles rose more than expected last week as production surged in a record build, according to the United States Energy Information Administration. Quote, the increase in oil production led to an unexpected build of crude oil. And given the additional lockdowns we are seeing in Europe... That is just further heaping bad news on the oil market, end quote. This is Andy Lippo, Lipow, Lipo, I tried. President of Consultants, Lipo, Lipow, Lipo, Oil Associates. I tried, y'all. You know, I be, tr- I just be trying with people's names, you know. I feel like it's, it's 
No, I owe it, I owe it to you to try try to get your name correct, right? No? Am I tripping? Wall Street Journal. California's Proposition 15 would undo limits on commercial property taxes. Why is this important? I'm telling y'all, as these cities become more and more broke, states become more and more broke, these cities, these municipalities, you know, um, all of these these different organizations <laughs> with regards to counties to quasi municipalities whatever they're going to start raising taxes and cannibalizing you know the current um, industry they're going to start with you know commercial real estate and it's going to trickle down to residential but you know like I said real estate taxes for properties that haven't been reassessed in decades could skyrocket under the measure more than 40 years after imposing severe restrictions on property tax increases California voters might begin rolling them back next week sending shivers through the state's commercial real estate industry a measure on the November 3rd ballot would make the most significant changes yet to 1978's Proposition 13 by allowing the local governments to begin assessing commercial property based on its current value rather than capital increases from the last time it was sold. Now, you know, this is the, the eat the rich, you know, people, you know, landlords and, and, and people shouldn't make money and everyone should make, you know, hey, okay, it's going to start with the commercial and it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit residential, which means if you don't, if you own your property taxes are going to increase. If you don't own, if you rent, your rent's going to increase. Why? Because the owner of the property you're renting, property taxes is increasing. It's just what it is. And why do I say that, you know, these municipalities, these cities, they're going to further keep cannibalizing and, and start raising taxes and stuff? Uh, I don't know. Wall Street Journal, U.S. states face biggest cash crisis since the Great Depression. I don't know. Maybe that's why. The drop in tax revenue has led to a total shortfall expected in the hundreds of billions of dollars. Greater than the 2019's K-12 education budget for every state combined or more than twice the amount spent that year on state roads and other transportation infrastructure. Connecticut acted fast. Social distancing, lockdown, testing, blah, blah, blah. But when the comptroller Kevin Limbo opened an email from his budget director on April 15th, it was clear that the state's quick action to contain the pandemic hadn't insulated its finances. We hit the break so quickly, the economy, that we went broke. This is states, man. U.S. states, the entire state. Wall Street General commercial property foreclosures are poised to rise as <coughs> lingers. The coronavirus pandemic came at a bad time. For the Burnsville Center Mall near Minneapolis, Minnesota in May. Macy's Incorporated said it would close its store. J.C. Penney Company, which also has a store at the mall, filed for bankruptcy. Owner CBL and Associates Property, Properties excuse me, Incorporated risked losing the mall if it stopped making payments on the $63 million mortgage. Instead, the company overseeing CBL securitized 
Mortgage agreed to defer payments for three months, according to the loan servicer commentary. But that ends soon. Wall Street Journal. Moving forward, lenders cracking down on mall owners behind on the mortgages. More lenders are starting to deliver a stern message to delinquent mall owners. Time to pay up. During the early months of the, you know, <laughs> lenders were willing to allow rent deferrals and offer other concessions to retail property owners. Retail cash flow would return once the initial lockdown period passed, lenders figured. But the <laughs> has accelerated store closures and a big blow to dozens of malls. Lord and Taylor filed for bankruptcy in August and will close all 38 of its stores. This is Lord and Taylor. It's crazy. What's going on? Retail apocalypse. I was telling y'all about this like, what, a year ago? Mall owner Brookfield will spend $5 billion to save retailers. CNBC. This is great. If you think so. Property and mall owner Brookfield Asset Management is targeting spending $5 billion to help struggling retailers as the retail industry reels from the <laughs> the company announced last Thursday. The company said its retail revitalization program backed by Brookfield and its institutional partners will focus on taking non-controlling stakes in retailers to assist them with their capital needs during this time of, quote, dislocation, end quote. So they're going to start buying out retailers, you know, buying non-controlling stocks. So these mall owners are going to start buying stocks in retail shops, man. The announcement comes as mall-based retail has been one of the hardest-hit industries during the crisis. Thousands of retailers' stores have been shut since mid-March to try help to try to help curb the spread of the blah blah. Two retailers, J. Crew and Neiman Marcus, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection this week. More retail bankruptcies and many more permanent store closures are expected to be looming. Brookfield has already bet big on retail. It acquired the remaining stake it did not already own in U.S. mall owner General Growth Properties in 2018, taking control of properties such as Fashion Show in Las Vegas and Oak Brook Center in Illinois. GGP had earlier in 2016 teamed up with the biggest U.S. mall owner, Simon Property Group, to buy the embattled teen apparel retailer, Aeropostale. And just earlier this year, Brookfield, Simon, and Authentic Brands Group acquired the clothing chain Forever 21 out of bankruptcy. Y'all hear what's going on? I hope you understand what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Brookfield said the $5 billion initiative announced Thursday will be led by Ron Bloom, managing partner and vice chairman at Brookfield's private equity arm. As a former restructuring banker at Lazard, Bloom is known for serving a major role during the 2008 financial crisis on the U.S. government's auto task force. The auto task force, quote, the initiative is being, I'm sorry, designed to assist medium-sized enterprises in getting back on their feet. We believe this is a critical critical component to getting the economy moving again and 
We would like to partner with companies and entrepreneurs that can draw on our capital and expertise to stabilize and grow their business. I, this might, this, at the end of this, whatever's, whatever's going to be the end of it, we very well may see that the malls own the mall. I mean, the mall owners, the owners of the mall own the malls as well as the companies in the malls. Wouldn't that be weird? Speaking of malls, Mall of America enters forbearance agreement to avoid foreclosure. Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Minnesota. The Mall of America is taking steps to keep its doors open as its money troubles persist during the... (laughs) The mall's owner has entered a forbearance agreement in an attempt to avoid foreclosure. Um... CBS dug into the unpaid bills and shares why what's happening states away may be playing a role in the mall's bottom line as Bloomington's mayor Tim Busey is well aware of the mall of America's value beyond his city's boundaries but as missed mortgage and property bill payments pile up he told us he can't help but question the future quote we absolutely understand the importance the mall plays it is concerning We're worried about them. We're worried for them. (laughs) Uh, CPS has learned Mall of America is three months behind on its $1.4 billion mortgage. It owes $21 million and it owes $2.3 million in unpaid property taxes to the city of Bloomington in Minnesota. 10% of that city, Bloomington's property tax base is from the mall. Man. City go, ooh. 95% of the city's other businesses in town have managed to pay despite the <coughs> today uh, where are we at? Quote, we've absolutely been following the American Dream Project out in New Jersey. Triple Five Group still has no plans to reopen that $5 billion, $3 million foot square foot, excuse me, space, as it is too, it, as it too has mounting unpaid bills. What are they talking about? Oh, the American Dream Project. Yikes. All of that is put in place. What we got? What we got? What we got? All of that is put in place. I really think the malls can survive this, but they need to evolve. And I think Mall of America has done that. All of that is to put in place to help shoppers feel safe while either shopping or enjoying entertainment. I don't know. What do you think? You think the malls are going to make it? CFOs using bond proceeds to pay down credit lines. And I think we should pay attention to this. You know, I really do. Many companies in recent months raised billions of dollars in new debt in the bond market, taking advantage of low funding costs and high investor demand. Finance chiefs used the additional capital, capital, excuse me, capital, to bolster the company's balance sheet, pay down credit lines, or replace older debt following interventions by the Federal Reserve to stabilize financial markets. Most did not, however, use the funds to invest in their businesses. According to a recent study of about 9,500 bond sales by Columbia Business School. Issue, companies are issuing bonds to pay down their short-term debt. I mean, imagine that. 
getting taking out long term debt to pay down the short term debt. Just rotating debt. Y'all see what's going on? CNBC has Washington delays stimulus. The Fed is running out of ways to help the economy. Federal Reserve officials have been pressing Congress to provide more fiscal help to the United States economy and with good reason. The central bank is running out of ways it can help. Since the expiration of key provisions of the $2.2 trillion CARES Act lifeline that Congress extended in March, the Fed again has been relied on as the economy's key support system. The central bank has kept policy extraordinarily loose, continuing to offer its lending and market-boosting programs and now resolving that it likely won't raise short-term interest rates for years. While no Fed official ever would acknowledge that monetary policy ammunition is running low and, in fact, would insist to the contrary. There appear to be few weapons left in the Fed arsenal. Quote, what they have left is really on the margin. They They just don't have much room to maneuver with regard to monetary policy. I don't see what more they can do. That's why they've been so explicit in telling fiscal policy uh, policymakers, excuse me, to do more because they know they can't help, end quote. This is Mark Zandi, chief economist at Moody's Analytics. Fed officials occasionally will veer into voicing their views on fiscal policy, but it's not common. Former chairman Ben Bernanke warned lawmakers of a fiscal cliff in which key aid was expiring, and his successor, Janet Yellen, also occasionally would stress the need for muscular fiscal policy. Oof. That's a lot. That's a lot. I want to finish these current events, but this is what's going on. Check this out. It's not just it's not just small co- companies. It is, it's not. MasterCard, Visa, revenue hurt by distancing, border restrictions. Wall Street Journal. Travel curbs, closed borders, and the can't the can affects weigh on credit card use. Contact payments rise. Credit card companies, MasterCard and Visa reported double digit declines in their revenue today. As the <coughs> continued to weigh on results. MasterCard's revenue fell 14% from a year earlier to $3.84 billion. They're still making billions, baby. Hurt by a steep dive in cross-border volume, meaning payments cardholders make outside the country where the card was issued. Cross-border volume on local currency basis tumbled 36%. MasterCard and Visa reporting losses. Commercial re- commercial REITs, commercial real estate investment trusts for small investors see increasing increasing demand. Wall Street Journal, the new fundraising still is low compared to the record five billion dollars raised in the first quarter of 2020, mostly before the <coughs> hit. But the bigger non-traded REITs have largely held steady. Y'all know what the REIT is? It's a trust, baby. Brookfield cuts staff as it tries to steady mall portfolio. What else we got here? Royalton Hotel's new owner says days of velvet rope are over. 
The recent sale of Royalton, once one of the country's original boutique hotels in midtown Manhattan, marks the end of an era. Uh, what we got here? Let me go to technology and let's move into this this lesson from the private side. CNN Business. Smart sensors could track social distancing in the office. <laughs> oh, that's all they're tracking? If businesses are to get reluctant workers back into the office, finding ways to maintain social distancing will be key. An Israeli company thinks it can help using smart sensors mounted, I'm sorry, mounted on workplace ceilings. Point Grab developed its technology before the... <coughs> but to help workspace managers optimize how employees use office space. About the size of a smoke alarm, the sensors can record the exact number and location of people in buildings, including offices, hotels, and restaurants. One of the company's first clients was Deloitte, which installed the system at its flagship London office last year. Point grab sensors were connected to the screens and building. I'm sorry, in the building to show the availability of desks and shared areas in real time. Point Grab CEO Darren Shaker, 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 uh, says it was one of the range of animations that helped Deloitte fit 30% more people into 3% less space. New Point, I'm sorry, now Point Grab has adapted the technology so the sensors can also monitor social distancing by keeping track of how far apart people are and whether they're traveling in one direction around a building. Workspace workspace managers can set up alerts for when two people are closer than two meters for more than 30 seconds. For example, quote, an organization will choose what to do with that alert. I don't think they should blow an alarm, end quote. This is what Shaker, Shasher, said to the CNN business. I tried. The sensors have been included in the, quote, six feet office, end quote, concept created by real estate services company Cushman and Wakefield to encourage employees to practice social distancing. They are currently being used in this way at a university in the Netherlands and at an innovation hub in Belgium. Yo, man, here it comes, baby. Here it comes. CNN Business. Sam's Club is putting a robot janitor in all of its stores. You should see a picture of this thing. This thing, it looks very, well, not very, but it looks quite humanoid. You know, the arms and, like, the head and the chest and the shoulders. Look, man, check this out. Soon every Sam's Club will have a robot to scrub the store floors. As as I'm telling you, they're replacing everything with robots, man. In partnership with <clears throat> Brain Corp, an artificial intelligence company, the membership-only warehouse chain, will distribute 372 new autonomous floor scrubbers to its stores this fall. Sam's Club, which is owned by Walmart, has already deployed hundreds of robotic scrubbers. With the addition of 372 new robots, the company will soon have a scrubber in each location. It will also implement one of BrainCorp's accessories that will allow them to analyze shelf inventory. This moves come... I'm sorry, this move comes at a time when shoppers are looking for grocery experiences that involve less human contact 
as grocers look for ways to reduce pressure on store workers and increase efficiency. Many grocers have found that their needs are shifting with more shoppers stocking up in store and ordering groceries online. They believe robots and artificial intelligence offer solutions that can help bring down costs and improve store operations. Quote, the strong interest in moving rapidly in this direction because everyone knows they need to raise their game to stay competitive. It's ultimately most more cost effective to automate them to staff up, especially in today's labor market, end quote. You hear that? It's more cost effective. <clears throat> Excuse me. To automate than to staff up, especially in today's labor market. This is Bill Bishop, co-founder of retail and grocery consulting firm Brick Meets Click. I am not playing. I'm going to read it again. This is what this man said. There's strong interest in moving rapidly in this direction because everyone knows they need to raise their game to stay competitive. It's ultimately more cost effective to automate than to staff up, especially in today's labor market. Think about that. I'm, you know, hey, That's Sam's Club. That's Walmart. That's retail and grocery consulting firms telling people straight up that it is cheaper to put in robots to clean floors and do specific tasks such as stocking shelves and whatnot than it is to hire humans, yo. Sam's Club isn't the first of its kind to implement this kind of technology in stores. Walmart wants its store employees to help customers instead of mopping floors and unloading boxes in back rooms, so it's increasingly turning to robots to fill those tasks. Yeah, we want you to help the customers that are in the store. What about the people that are stocking shelves and unloading the stuff in the back? You think that they're going to be retrained on how to do sales? Or do you think that they're going to be laid off? Last year, Walmart announced that by February 2021, it expects to have autonomous floor scrubbers in 1,860 of its more than 4,700 U.S. stores. It will also have robots that scan shelf inventory at 350 stores. And there will be bots at 1,700 stores that automatically scan boxes as they come off delivery trucks and sort them by department onto conveyor belts. Some of the simplest labor jobs that you can get, there's a a whole class of people in this country that are going to be out of jobs soon that are beginning to lose their jobs now. Quote, any (coughs) related recession is likely to bring about a spike in labor replacing automation, end quote, the Brookings Institution said in a report in March. Quote, I strongly believe that the current health crisis will accelerate the adoption of robots in retail, 
Stephen Keith Platt, Research Director for the Retail Analytics Council and Adjunct Professor at Northwestern University. Brookings Institute, the robots are ready as the recession spreads. Y'all should check this out. Y'all should really check this out. (sighs) Automation potential. Accommodation and food service industries. Automation potential, 73%. Manufacturing, automation potential, 59%. Transportation and warehousing, automation potential, 58%. Agriculture, forestry, fishing, and hunting, automation potential, 57%. Retail and trade, automation potential, 53%. Mining, quarrying, and oil and gas extraction, extraction, excuse me, 51%. Automation potential, other services, 49% automation potential. Construction, 47% automation potential. This is These are all industries that most of us be in, man. That's why I'm trying to tell everyone to go private and start your own business. Even if it's a part-time home-based business, if you lose your job, you don't lose all of your income. You just lose part of it. Wholesale trade, 44% for automation potential. Utilities, 43%. Finance and insurance, you think you're safe? 42% automation potential. Arts, entertainment, and recreation, 41% automation potential. You ever you seen these new movies that they're doing, like straight computer graphics? I'm, I'm telling you, in like five years, they ain't even going to need actors anymore. You're not even going to be able to tell. Administrative and support and waste management and remediation services, 41% automation potential in that sector. Real estate and rental and leasing, 40% automation potential. 37%. You work in government, there's a 37% automation potential in government, which means buy Healthcare and social services assistance, 36%. Automation potential. Information, 35%. Automation potential. Professional, scientific, and technical services, 34%. Automation potential. Management and, I'm sorry, management of companies and enterprises, 34%. Automation potential. Education services, 27%. Automation potential. You understand what I'm saying? Here we go. Average automation potential by metropolitan area. I mean, they got charts for this stuff. They got pie graphs. No, that's not a pie graph. Some people like pie graphs. To me, it's real. You know, I don't want to keep, you know, hey, you know, making it it sound like it's it's all bad. It's not all bad. I think, you know, what happens in the public is the public. What happens in the, you know, with the private is the private. And, you know, as long as we're, you know, still dependent on all this public stuff, public jobs, public services, it can be definitely be something very, very scary. Like, oh, my God, this is very scary. Everything's about to, you know, the, the, the sky is falling. The world is over. Blah, blah, blah. And I don't mean to be dismissive or facetious with regards to people who, you know, are dependent on the public. But, you know, if, if you don't like that, if, if it bothers you, you have to do something about it. 
And what you do about it is you start establishing your own thing, your own state. You, hey, hey, did you know that once properly executed, a trust becomes a federal entity and is not under the control of the several legislatures, meaning the several states, meaning the state legislatures? So when it comes to this show, you know, the foundation, a lesson from the private side, I'm going to talk to y'all like I be talking to, you know, a trustee on their first day. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to start off like this. There are over 80, 80 different types of trust. Eight. And if anyone tells you that they know them all, they are lying to you. And you need to leave. You need to walk away. Um, some would say back away slowly because you don't want to turn your back on crazy because anyone who says that they know them all, they are crazy. Uh, you know, hey, real quick. You got an accumulation trust. You got a business trust. You have a common law trust, which is the same as a business trust, according to, you know, American Jewish prudence. You got a contingent insurance trust. You got a constructive trust. You got a direct trust. You got an express trust. You got a family trust. You got a family estate trust. You got a gift tax exclusion trust. You got an insurance trust. You got an inter vivos trust, an irrevocable trust, a life insurance trust, living trust, a marital deduction trust, a Massachusetts trust. You got a one-party trust. You got an oral trust. You got a payable on death account trust. You got a pourable trust. You got a revisionary trust. You have a revocable trust. You have a self-declaration trust. You have a short-term trust, a spendthrift trust, a spray trust. You ever heard of a spray trust? How about a sprinkling trust? You ever heard of a sprinkling trust? Technical trust. You got a testamentary trust. You got a totten trust. You got a trust by operators. Operation of law, you got a two-party trust, you got a voting trust, and you have a written trust, and that's just to say a few. So, <clears throat> when it comes to, you know, what we're talking about today, a lesson from the private side, I'm going to talk to you like I talk to, you know, the trustees privately. And that is, there are over 80 different types of trust recognized within the United States. Anyone tells you they know them all, they're lying to you, walk away. Keep it pushing. Now, what I'm going to get into is very, very specific, and this is how I break it down, you know, and I suggest you grab the trust series if you really dig in my chili right now, you know what I'm saying, when I get into this. But the bottom line is, is the specific uh, distinguishing factor with regards to the trust that we administer here at the foundation, the trustee, you know, blah, blah, and the private, high frequency, and all other trusts that you may come into contact with, so on and so forth, it's really is two, it's three things. <clears throat> it's three things. One, it is based on a contract. Bottom line, it's based on the common law right to contract. See, the common law was brought to the United States with the framers of the Constitution, the right to contract, that's when they executed, you know, the, the Bill of Rights and, and uh, you know, the Declaration of Independence and the, the Constitution, 40 United States, and so on and so forth. These are all under, uh, um, under the right to common law contract. You understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> so, the common law being brought to the United States 
from England, you know, the, um, the, the court system here is made up based on the common law and the common law is based on natural law. So, you know, a lot of people be like, yo, I heard, I heard you, you, you know, about a common law trust and stuff. I don't, I don't even, I don't know what you're talking about. I ain't no common law trust. I'm very specific. No such thing as a common law trust. There's a contract. Contract trust. That was executed under the common law right to contract unlimited because you have the right to contract unlimited. It's very simple. And when you contract unlimited and if you use, and if you follow, you know, look it up, the Hague Convention on Trusts. Check it out. It'll tell you specifically. And a lot of it is like, unless it says otherwise in the contract, unless it says otherwise in the indentures, it shows you how powerful the indenture is and how big of an issue it is if you do not provide certain things in the contract because the contract makes the law so upon execution this this entity becomes a federal entity it's on par with the united states it's equal equal to the united states think about that think about that when i say you need to go private you need to set up your private estate that's what i'm saying you need to set up an entity or estate a group of entities that is on par with the federal government. You ever thought about that? Most people, you know, don't put it into that type of context, but that's what it is. And that's what the Supreme Court has said. You're creating, in essence, a government. It's a private government. It's a private family government or governing entity, governing a state, however you want to look at it. By contract. Let's be honest. Contract. Contract. Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution states in part that no state will, or I'm sorry, no state shall pass any law impairing the obligation of contracts. And the elite in this country, they know and they've known for generations that when you set up your estate in your business through contract you just made the law a dignity of a contract cannot be set aside due to a tax advantage that results by design or accident this is the supreme court dignity of a contract cannot be set aside because a tax benefit results either by design or accident. This is Edwards versus the commissioner. Now, knowing this and being able to stand on this stuff is two different things. So let's let's just you know let's just keep going a little bit. Now, this right here, what I'm gonna read from, is only available to trustees. It's, you can't even get it. You can't even get it from from high frequency. You can't get it from um, the foundation. You can't get it. But like remember I said, this is a lesson from the private side. So this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to jump into this. And this is it's a private. You can't get your hands on this in public. And you can only get your hands on this when you get into trustee training here on the foundation. We send this, you know, a physical copy of this to you, you know, for your heir, for, for your private estate, for your, for your private family law library. Because, you know, you should be thinking about that. And, you know, it starts with a single bookshelf. Really, it starts with a single book. But when we go private, you know, dealing with law 
And if, if, if you understand that we're administering, you know, an entity that's on par with the federal government, you need to take that very, very seriously. And not, not on par with the power that they have a military, so on and so forth. But when it comes to when it comes to governance, when it comes to protection, when it comes to um, interdependence and, and impairing or saying what a contract with the, with the trust can and cannot do, what the trustees can and cannot do, it, you know, not even the United States can do that. And you, you, there's many Supreme Court cases where the Supreme Court was like, nope, can't do it. Sorry, nope. A trust organization consisting of a U.S. constitutional right of contract cannot be abridged. The agreement, when executed, becomes a constitutionally protected organization and not under the laws passed by any of the several legislatures. That is Crocker versus McCloy. Crocker versus McCloy. So right here, this is the private joke. This is, you know, very private. One of the distinctive devices by means of which individuals may combine their resources to operate a business for profit is the so-called business trust or Massachusetts trust, which by which may be comprehensively defined as an unincorporated business organization created by an instrument instrument by which property is to be held and managed by trustees for the benefit and profit of such persons as may be or may become the holders of transferable or non-transferable certificates and evidencing the beneficial interest in the trust or trust estate. Such an organization has been frequently termed a common law trust, but this phrase, phrase is not descriptive of any of the peculiar characteristics of such organizations. The basis for the terminology common law trust is this connection is not that such organizations are the creatures of common law as distinguished from equity, but that they are created under the common law of contracts and do not depend on any statute. Business trusts are excluded from the coverage of the restatement of law and trusts, wherein it is pointed out that the business trust is a special kind of business association and can best be dealt with in connection with other business associations. Under the Uniform Commercial Code, the term organization, unless the context of the requires, is defined to include a business trust. As indicated by its name, a business trust is an estate adapted to business or commercial activities. Reduced to its bare essentials, a business trust or Massachusetts trust, such as treated herein, consists of a combination of capital vested in trustees with a view to profit for the holders of evidences of beneficial interest. The Supreme Court of the United States has thus defined the Massachusetts Trust as a form of business organization common in that state, consisting essentially of an arrangement whereby property is conveyed to trustees in accordance with the terms of an instrument of trust to be held and managed for the benefit of such persons as may from time to time be the holders of transferable certificates issued by the trustees showing the shares into which the beneficial interest in the property is divided. A trust of this nature is created when several persons transfer the legal title and property 
to trustees with power vested in the latter to manage and control the property and business and pay the profits of the enterprise to the creators of the trust or successors in interest. In its typical and characteristic form, such a trust is brought into being by a declaration of trust by the terms of which persons desiring to invest capital agree to the creation of a governing group of trustees. Vest the latter with title to the property of the enterprise and with the control and management of its business with provisions for transferable certificates evidence in the interests of each beneficiary or member for the existence of the trust for a certain period without dissolution or termination by the death insanity or bankruptcy of the member and usually for freedom of the members and shareholders from liability to third parties. Basically, a business trust organization is an adaptation of the ordinary trust to the new purpose of carrying on a business enterprise. It is governed by the principles of equity relating to trusts generally, concerning which it has been said of all its exploits of equity, the largest and most important is the invention and development of the trust. It is an institute of great elasticity and generality, as elastic in general as a contract. This method of conducting a commercial enterprise is said to have originated in Massachusetts as a result of inability to secure corporate charters for acquiring and developing real estate without a special act of the legislature. This type of organization has reached its full development and most extensive use in that state, hence the name Massachusetts Trust. And this just goes to show, goes to show. they were saying um, it was it was ultimately created to circumvent the inability to secure corporate charters for acquiring property and real estate development. So corporations couldn't do it, but trusts could at that point. It has been said that the type of organization commonly commonly denominated Massachusetts trusts originated because of the hostility of some states toward corporations and out of a, a desire to secure some of the advantages of incorporation without incurring the burdens and restrictions thereto. Undoubtedly, this consideration was largely responsible for the great development of business trusts. It is no mere coincidence that their widest use and popularity have been contemporaneous with the increase in the regulation and taxation to which corporations have been subjected. So the more and more they increase regulation and taxation, the more and more business trusts and other types of contract entities are, are pro- proliferating. It is unfortunate that this instrument is usually referred to as a trust. A more accurate name would be an unincorporated business organization. The word trust leads to the assumption that the business trust retains all the features of the more commonly known trusts, which in fact are trust agreements, not trust organizations. A trust agreement merely holds assets until a certain event occurs. It is made directly between grantor and trustees who take possession of the corpus for a time and is not full ownership of property and fee simple. There are nine basic aspects of business trust organization necessary to understand how and why it works legally. Number one, it is formed by executing a contract between the parties, setting forth the purpose terms and conditions of its existence in the contract. Two, it is a legal entity and an artificial individual with rights almost equal to a natural individual. 
able to own property and conduct business like any person. It is irrevocable, and no one has any revisionary rights to its assets. Three, its assets are owned and its business activities managed by trustees who accept such responsibility as fiduciary on behalf of the beneficiaries. Four, the beneficial interests are divided into beneficial certificates or trust capital units in the case of a business trust, evidenced by certificates conveying to the holder the limited rights to receive their pro rata share of any distributions of income or assets that may be made by the trustees. Number five, the capital units or beneficiary certificates are personal property which convey neither legal title to property nor any voice in management of the business or the selection of the trustees and which become void upon death of the holder. Number six, it is subject to taxation on its net undistributed income. The, benef- the beneficiaries are taxed only on what they exactly and actually receive. So only on undistributed income is a trust tax. If it distributes all its income, ellipses. Number seven, the assets of a business trust organization are never subject to probate or estate tax. As an artificial person, it never dies. It is set up in contemplation of life, not of death, as a will. Is set up in contemplation of life where trusts are set up in contemplation of, I'm sorry, a will is set up in contemplation of death, where trusts are set up in contemplation of life. Number eight, the, the beneficiary certificates or capital units become void upon death of the holder and thus have no value to be subject to estate tax or probate. Number nine, the life of the business trust organization can be extended as deemed advisable or terminated at any time by the trustees in accordance with the trust indenture. The mechanics of setting up a trust essentially are fairly simple unless you're specifically dealing with complex language, in, in which case most of the time when you're dealing with a private trust, it's going to be some sort of you know type of complex language. Um, uh, let me see. The grantor is responsible for setting up grantor settler, setting up the rules of the trust. Uh, the grantor writes the indenture usually by editing editing a generic draft. He or she must personally display intent to charge the trustees with duties enforceable in court. As grantor, the grantor receives at least one percent. Of the capital units, typically in a business trust situation, um, and I, I would say that's more of a public situation. In a private, we don't really do that. Anyone placing assets into a trust in return for trust capital units becomes an exchanger. The most common reasons for becoming an exchanger are to provide financial security for children, aged parents, or others, and preserving assets for future generations. The trustees may allow exchanges to keep use of the property in exchange for services to the trust. Since all trustees have trust capital units and thus a stake in the trust, anyone who exchanges personal assets to add to the trust will find motivated allies to help build a strong financial base. So you got the grantor, you got the exchanger, you might have a manager, 
you can, you know, some some trustees, the board of trustees may appoint a manager. And um sometimes trusts have a trust protector who typically is chosen at the be- beginning, excuse me, <clears throat> in the inception of the trust to work for the trust itself. The trust protector guards the trust by watching the trustees with the power to fire a trustee for cause, the trust protector automatically becomes a counselor and mediator, although not involved in the early set of procedures. The paperwork in the original trust document appoints the protector. The use of a protector is more likely within common law trust, but can apply to an irrevocable statutory trust, but I don't recommend it. We got trustees. Trustees manage assets, protect beneficiaries, and most important, see that assets and funds multiply and pass through to beneficiaries. Further, trustees are responsible for faithful implementation of the trust contract or indenture. And you got the beneficiaries, people for whose benefit the trust is created, persons, I would say. You can have, um, trust can be a beneficiary as well. For whom courts of law uphold property, set up and manage trustees, beneficiaries receive a percentage of earnings and assets of the estate and have not contributed to the trust set it up. For the private trust, this is about the beneficiary certificates named on the trust certificate register as beneficiaries instead of exchangers. In a statutory trust, beneficiaries are named and the percentage is set in the trust indenture. Um... I'm going to stop there, you know. This is this is private. I am in a public medium, but you know, I understand what's going on today in the, in the severity of the situation. I also feel like it's imperative for me to, you know, um share this information. You know, it's 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 a responsibility of mine to allow for those who would like to and who, who want to to learn to be able to be put in the position to where they could you know reestablish or just establish plainly their private estate I know that it's not easy I know it, you know <clears throat> they're scammers I got an email over the weekend the guy said he was interested in something on welcome to the foundation.com, but you know, he wanted to make sure that stuff was real because he paid someone else in the conscious community. I'm not going to say their name, but I'm, I'm sure most of y'all, you know, may have heard of his name, you know, some of y'all at least, but it said, to, you know, it said the guy scammed him and stuff. And then, you know, I understand what's going on out there. And you know, it's just my—it's important to me to to provide an avenue by which y'all could transition into the private. The public is going nuts. It's going to continue to. I mean, they talking about a great reset and and, and Fed coin, you know, Fed wallets. And you may have to participate in this. I would just suggest that you participate in it through an entity that is not controlled by the states. I mean, if I if I could paint a more clear picture, I would. But I don't know how, you know. 
Now, and I, and I tell I tell the trustees in the private, if if you have any type of litigation from the state state revenue agents or anything like that, more than likely it's going to run through the Article One courts, the administrative courts, and you're going to lose. They're going to rule against the trust. You have to appeal because being that it's a contract, it can only receive its contract protections in an Article Three court. Because the contract protections is a constitutional issue, and Article Three courts are able to hear constitutional issues. And I know people be fearful of going to court and stuff. I, I get it, but with trustee training, you know, the training is taught from from the aspect or from the standpoint of surviving an audit. It's like learning how to drive in the city. That's that's your first experience of driving was in the city during rush hour, all this stuff. It might be a little stressful, but once you learn how to drive, it's normal. You can drive anywhere. You can pretty much drive in any city. Now, people who learn how to drive in the country and then come to the city, it's overwhelming for most of them. So, you know, trustee training, you learn how to drive in the city. It's it's very important. It's, it's, it's education from the standpoint of surviving an audit, hands down. My mentors, you know, we work with internal revenue service agents, you know, and, and attorneys and, and tax preparers and CPAs and stuff. You know what I'm saying? This isn't, oh, we, we 100% in the private, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the use of Federal Reserve requires... An entity to report said use doesn't require to pay taxes just to report. Trust, you know, use a 1041. I I know it's important, you know. Um, it's it's one of the, those things where you know I guess you either get it or you don't. But you know when you can put together, oh, you know, a trust is a contract. Oh, no state shall pass any law. That impairs the obligation to contract. Oh, Article One courts are administrative courts, or you know what is known as commercial or civil courts. Article Three courts are you know judicial courts. Um, the judiciary can only you know provide remedies with regards to you know uh, controversies that it can it has uh, jurisdiction over that it can hear controversies that it can hear. Uh, the judiciary will definitely hear controversy with has. To do with the impairing the rights of a contract, and if 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 you're dealing with a trust contract, you're dealing with a private contractual entity. If you're dealing with a trust agreement, you're dealing with nine times out of ten, you're dealing with a, some sort of statutory entity, some sort of statutory trust. So I mean, you know, it's up to you. It's 100% up to you. You have the option right in front of you to to transition to to the private. You have the option right in front of you to to create, establish, and administer your private estate. You can walk in with paperwork. You print it off of your printer that you got notarized in an EIN and open a bank account for a trust. It's very simple. But in order to open a bank account for a, an LLC or a corporation, you got to get permission from the state and the state seal. And you gotta get the EIN, and then you gotta go. 
It's amazing. When you print the stuff off on your printer, you go get it notarized, you take the EIN, you walk into the bank, and, and you open the account, it changes. It, cha- it, it should. It, it changes you. You'd be like, oh, what? This came out of my printer, fam. I didn't get this from the from the state or nothing. No. From the Secretary of State. I printed this off of my printer. Signed my name and got it notarized. It's a beautiful thing. They said these trusts originated due to the to the restriction of corporations owning and developing real estate. They need a specific legislative act. So they these these very, very smart individuals executed the contract and went around went around the law, the statutory law, by using contract law, which is superior to uh, to commercial law, to you know, statutory law, legislative law. Because the Constitution itself is a contract and executed under the common law right to contract. So anything that derives itself from the Constitution, you feel you feel what I'm saying? But it's public though. Look, we got about five minutes left in the broadcast, man. If you're checking out the show online, if you're on, you know, you're gonna want to call into the show five six three. Nine 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 three six two five. That's five six three nine 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 three six two five. Otherwise, you will be cut off in a little less than five minutes. We will be going over because this is a lesson from the private side, man. Now, through proper administration, you got to go by the book. What's the book? The book is the contract indenture. You got to be serious. You got to pull no punches. But if you go by the book with proper administration, see, that's why I say these 12 steps, 12 step, do your trust, 12 step, set up your, your private estate. Here's, here's a template and a PDF. It's 12 steps, how to do whatever you just set up your private national sovereign citizen estate. And you, get, you can't get a hold of these people. You can't get a hold of them. Why? Because they don't have any experience, man. They're just regurgitating and reselling stuff. You're in the age, you live in the age of the reseller. There's people reselling books. There's people reselling e-books. There's people reselling uh, product. There's people even reselling services. You live in the age of resellers, so you think you think the resale industry has not touched the conscious community? You're, you're tripping. You're absolutely tripping. There's a bunch of resellers out here, and if you if you don't look close enough, they look like they straight up doing their dance. But when you when you're doing business through a contract, you can stand on the Supreme Court case Edward versus the Commissioner. Where the Supreme Court Justice stated that the dignity of a contract cannot be set aside because of a tax benefit results either by design or accident. I just, you know, I, I feel like I laughed the first time I read that. By design or accident. Oops, I created this trust adventure and accidentally reduced the tax liability of this trust to zero. 
Oops. Well, how did I do that? They said by accident. And you understand a trust organization consisting of the United States constitutional right of contract cannot be abridged once executed the agreement becomes a constitutionally protected organization and not under the laws passed by any of the several legislatures do you hear did you hear that that's um that's Crocker versus McCloy I said that earlier I know people be like, oh yeah, I mean this is the Supreme Court. I mean, you know, man, it's hard to grasp the significance of what I'm saying. I understand. And I also understand that there's people who listen to the foundation for years and it'd be that one show they listen to and then he'd be like, Yo, so it's not even really something that you said different. It's just that time when you heard when I heard it, it clicked different. I've had people say, "Hey, I read this this document, and you know, blah blah blah." But I read it again, and it really hit me. You know, yeah. I mean, that's how it works. I'm telling you, that's how it works. You can grasp the significance. A trust organization consisting of the United States constitutional right of contract cannot be abridged. The agreement when executed becomes a constitutionally protected organization and not under the laws passed by any of the several legislatures. As simple as putting in an indenture, this trust is executed. 60 seconds. Five six three nine 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 three six two five. It's as simple as putting in the indenture. This trucks is executed and consists of the common law right to contract, U.S. constitutional right of contract. Just put it in. Just put it in the indenture. Just put it in there. Why not? At trustee training. You won't need to just throw random lines like that in your indenture. You will have the full dance and so Mr. L what is trustee training you might say what is it though I mean what is it you talk about this trustee training all the time well I hear you talk about it all the time I went to the website. I didn't see any anything where I can get trustee training. You talk about trustee training all the time. You talk you even say peace to the trustees and trustee training, you know, every show. You be you be saying peace to everybody. You say peace to the trustees and trustee training. What are you talking about with trustee training? Does that mean you know, me just training myself? What does it mean? Is it, what does it mean? And I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you. Trustee training specifically, it consists of the education with regards to the system of interrelating trusts. Education and creation with regards to your private family business trust, 
your private family asset trust and your private family trust. Trustee training, establishment, operation, and administration, business credit profile establishment, as well as business trade lines, which is all that is necessary for full understanding operation know-how procedure and required agreements. This includes public business incorporation, operation, business credit establishment, as well as other public public opportunities. Copies physical copy of a private trustee manual shipped to you, your trust indenture, exchanger certificates, certificates of beneficial interest, short form for bank accounts. Trustee training waives consultation donation requirements. All trustees get my private mobile number. Business trust, asset trust, family trust. Now, the administration, the education is on the administration. Because it's an education, you know, the foundation does not sell trust. So through the education, you know, you 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 use quote in quotations templates a template to, to you know and obviously with my assistance and business trust, asset trust, family trust. It's 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 a private estate. And that's what trustee training is, you know. You also get Access to a Google Drive file. There's stuff on there that's not on the website. You know, there's law dictionaries in there. There's book passing things, uh, Supreme Court case files. I mean, other, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there, man. There's a lot of stuff in there. You get access to that private phone number, business trust, asset trust, family trust, all types of documents not available on the website. Welcome to the foundation.com. Help opening your bank account, right? We even help you set up your LLC incorporated. Get your, your bylaws in order if applicable, you know? Operating agreement, EIN, setting up your business credit, getting set up for the system for award management. If you want to get a cage code for the federal government and get government contracts for your LLC, very familiar with that player. It's included in trustee training. What else? You know, um, you know, people get, you know, having my number, people call me and, you know, they honestly and obviously not everything that's discussed is with regards to trust and trust administration. I'm pretty cool with that. I'm pretty lenient. Um, you know, I'm just very specific. I don't, I don't talk about things I don't know about. And I will tell you straight up. I don't know nothing about that. I don't have any problems with my ego. I don't feel like I have to pretend like I know everything. I'm cool. I'm cool with telling you what I don't know, but from, you know, opening bank accounts, titling vehicles, titling real estate, um, opening brokerage accounts, trading stocks and stuff. Um, uh, uh, what do you call them? Digital wallets to PayPal accounts to 
merchant processors all using the trust, setting up light bills, power bills, cable bills in the trust. I've done it. Very, very familiar with it and more. Financial endowments, life insurance policies, blah, blah, blah with the trust. So, you know, that's trustee training. Um, trustee training, we go in sessions, you know. It's, um, you know, we go through the manual and instruction. It takes about, I would say, about six months to get through an entire session. And then we start over a new session. And there's no time limit. It's not a cutoff. Like, oh, you've been in one session, so you can't. Nope. We start over a new session as a trustee. You can stay in as many sessions as you want. Like I said, there's no cutoff. Everyone has a different learning style. I acknowledge that. There's been trustees that have been in training for over four years, some over five years. And they still they still call in to the training. Training is every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, every single Sunday. I don't really observe Western holidays. And, you know, as a fiduciary trustee of the foundation, you know, I, I take the training seriously so you know unless it's in a family emergency I, I really don't miss training and at all as always I recommend you call me at least once a week uh, maybe more if you you know if you're just starting out in training but you know from exchanging the assets everything you own into trust to evidencing the existence of the private trust in the public we got you here Trustee training. So, I mean, if that sounds like, you know, something that you would be interested in, you should just email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. It will take consistency. It will take dedication. If you think you're busy and you say, you don't, ah, I don't have time, then boo-hoo to you. You will never have the time unless you take the time because we can't make time. Oh, I'll make some time for you. You know, I watch how people speak. I pay very close attention to people's words. And if you're committed, if you're dedicated, if you're tired of getting the same result year after year after year after year after year after year in this rat race, man, email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. I guarantee you I'll change your life. You, you, you dedicate yourself to learning and you dedicate yourself to to the follow through, to the proper administration, to the recording of the minutes, to the evidencing, you know, uh, of the of the the entity, to the to the lack of co-mingling and the non-existent self-dealing. It, it just you know, this information will change your life. There's things that you don't know that you don't know. I'm serious. But there's a reason why you check out the show. There's a reason why you're listening. To me talk To blank air And there's a reason why the audience has been consistent It's because you know Hey all This is the foundation The foundation is trust Administration Private trust What's the foundation Of the United States Contract Contract law What are we administering? Contracts? It only, our contracts that we administer as trustees, they only come under trust law on how the income is dispersed and how the income is taxed, if it's taxed. 
in every other situation is a contract. And most don't know that. I'm going to say that on live, right up on the airwaves, straight up. And that's a jewel, fam. In every other instance, it's a contract. So if, if there's any types of allegations being leveled at you as a trustee or at the trust itself, and they're saying trust, you must correct them and say, well, actually, you're, you're, you're describing a contract. An executed, you know, contract in trust form, but ultimately it, it the, 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 the foundation of this entity is contractual. How the income is dispersed, how the income is taxed, how the income is dispersed, how the income is taxed in every, every, in any other situation. It's a contract player. What? You impaired you look, that's that very day. I, I heard what you said and, and it it sounds regalious and, and extraordinary, but it also sounds like, you know, if I were to, you know, honor that, that I would be breaching my fiduciary uh, fiduciary duty with regards to, you know, the, the the trust that I administer. Because, you know, if I were to do that, that would impair the obligation of a contract. I'm gonna tell y'all something else, man. I'm going to drop this bang banger on y'all, especially y'all, because y'all, everyone that's on the line right now, we, we streaming. So you've been, you've been, you've been holding it down or you called in late and you got lucky. Either way, check this out. I want y'all to think about this. I want y'all to think about this. <laughs> I want y'all to think about this. Now I'm having second thoughts and stuff. All right. So I want to. <laughs> I want y'all to think about this, you know, um, if you're dealing with, if you're a minister in a trust, right, and you, you have name listed beneficiaries, right, and, and, and at the board of trustees, you know, we, we meet and we have name beneficiaries and we can only distribute income or corpus to the beneficiaries, right? <laughs> And then uh, let, let's say there's a tax assessment, but that the the tax assessor <laughs> or you know the revenue assessor, um, ah man, how do I say this? Is or is not the revenue assessor or revenue? You know what I'm saying? A beneficiary is? Oh, I'm sorry. Are Or are they not the revenue? Are they are they beneficiaries? Is they or is they not? You know what I'm saying? Is you is you ain't, nigga. So if there's a disbursement or any type of distribution or anything that goes to a non beneficiary, is that a breach of fiduciary duty? Is that a breach of contract? Or is that I'm I'm a, I just I just think you should think about it. I think I think, you know, a lot of cases have been dismissed for failure to state a claim for which relief can be granted. I think the claim is that there's an impairment of a contractual obligation. Dignity of a contract cannot be set aside. I've read court cases where the Supreme Court has roasted the lower courts, like roasted them, they either overturn it and and you know, um, you know, dismiss it or whatever, 
or they remand it back to the lower court and tell them what they're supposed to do. We're dealing with contractual protections. I want to make an announcement, y'all. Care Bars is done, baby. I know people are still emailing me like, yo, what's up with Care Bars? I want to sign up for Care Bars because, you know, a lot of people be in the archives and stuff. And I appreciate that. I think that's dope. But, you know, um, hey, I don't know what's going on with Care Bars, y'all. I think they're donezo. I log in, you know, and, you know, you can't buy anything, you know, and it's like, you know, they hold your gold for free, right? Well, I was like, yo, send me my gold. Crickets, fam. Crickets. Crickets. They owe, they owe, you know, they owe money. I don't know how to get the bread. I'm waiting on this, you know, this gold. I'm just letting y'all know, man. Did I get... Was it a scam? No. No. Technically, no. You know, I was getting gold. People were getting gold. It was working. Uh, I, I did some research, like, you know, on, on a search engine. It was you know, whatever. Man, they got hit in Germany, which is the company. I mean, that's the country they, they're at. And then, like, some country in Africa, you know, some legal stuff. Saying that they're a scam because they was trying to do some, you know, crypto stuff, man. They try to get into crypto. And I think them trying to get into crypto tore them off. I think they're done. People calling me like, yo, I got an automatic payment that comes out of my card for care bars every month. And they, you know, I noticed that they didn't take it. I'm like, yeah, they done. You know, you try to, you can't buy nothing. They got this new site called Freebay. I don't know what it is. I'm not doing it. I'm very confused. Uh, I, you know, hey, I don't even know. And I, you know, I was like, send me my gold, and that stuff's been pending. It's like a pending delivery. It's been pending since. Is there a date on here? Uh, the beginning of last month. <laughs> so you know, that's my care bars announcement. Shout out to the secretary for you know reminding me of that. But I don't know what's going on with care bars. I think they're done. I think they're done. They were holding some of my uh, you know, gold. I requested it. It's been pending for over a month. It's been pending delivery over a month, but they took the bread for the delivery charge. So we'll see. So, you know, the next several shows, I'm going to be making an announcement. Care Bars, I think they're donezo. Done, son. Um, if you have gold that they're holding, you know, you should you should try to get it. Tell them, you know, to send it to you. If you were trying to sign up, if you were waiting, you know, hey, man, it's done, though, and it didn't last. I'm looking into other ways of getting fractional gold because, you know, I still think silver's relatively affordable for most people. So it's just the gold, man. You know, it's up around $2,000 an ounce right now, and it's going to do nothing but increase. Yeah, stock market crashes. When, you know, when these funds, these hedge funds and these different market funds and stuff, they have portfolios with a lot of stuff in it and when the market crashes they sell off um gold and silver to you know they'll cover their short calls and all their their puts or whatever so you know when the market crashes you'll see gold go decrease silver decrease in in so-called nominal value but you'll see it increase you know within the next week or so it's just don't even trip don't even trip but hey yo check it out 
that's there. We, there we go. You know, care bars. That's the announcement. But really, you know, this is a le- this has been a lesson for them private side. And I know, you know, I I do base, you know, keep stuff basic on the show. I do keep stuff real basic. But I did want to give y'all like a little glimpse into, you know, the trainings. Honestly, I I wanted to talk about the trainings. You know, break it down. You go to the website. It's nothing. You got to email me. Admin at welcome to the foundation dot com. I want to talk to you. I at least want to email correspond with you. I want to, you know, see if I can um, get a get a feel for you. I need to, you know, check your energy. I need to check, you know, how you speak or how you type or something, you know, the words you use, you know, because it's not for everybody. And there's been plenty of people where I was like, hey, this ain't for you. And they get mad and try to tell me I don't run a good business and all this other stuff. Y'all fools don't understand. I went to college and double majors in sales and marketing. I don't run a business when it comes to the foundation. It is a trust. It is a charitable. No, it's not charitable. It is a trust with an educational. Organization. It is a private contractual structure. No public statutes apply to it. You can discriminate all you want in the private. I could put on the website no uh, people from North Carolina can be in trustee training. You can't. You can't do nothing about it. I wouldn't do that, but there's nothing you can do about it because it's a private contract. It's a trust. It's not a business. It's a trust with the educational thrust or purpose. Why? Because everywhere I went on the planet, the people who looked like me were in the lowest economic position. I didn't like being a token Negro. I wanted to change it, so I'm doing something about it. I'm not running a business. You you run a business. Ooh, you need to run a business. It's not a business, fam. It's a movement. It's called the Foundation on High Frequency Radio Network. Like I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm not, I'm not playing at all. So when I say you know the education of trustee training has been refused to many people. I'm not playing with you. People have gotten brolic on the phone. People have gotten brolic in the email. And that just lets me know you're not ready. I'm a gatekeeper when it comes to this information. And I take that position very seriously. It's not everybody supposed to be over here on the private side. You don't want, you know, if you got a private little beach, you don't want everybody on your private beach. It, it takes it, it takes away from it. It degenerates the experience when there's a whole bunch of people just tearing up your private beach. You want a spot that nobody knows about. It's quiet. It's chill. That's the private. And the Constitution, 
is there for when you know the government encroaches on private rights. Other than that, I, hey. So you know, I see a couple you know call you know hands up in the call queue. I think I'm out. I think I'm you know I know I know I know. It's kind of like a trade off. It's like oh. You start the show earlier, but you don't be taking calls no more, you know? I know. I know. I appreciate y'all, though. It's nothing personal. You know, shout out to the regulars. You know, shout out to Yvette. Shout, shout out to Brian to the, from the Bay. Shout out to Mellow Bay. Shout out to, you know, Daryl from Brownsville. To the regular callers, you know? And, you know, new callers, you trying to get in, maybe trying to ask a question. I'm sorry. I love you, but I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm out here. I got a lot of stuff on my plate, a lot of stuff personal going on, but I'm still, you know, taking the time to bring you the foundation. And I trust that you, you know, appreciate a lesson from the private side. You know, hey, um, I suggest that you download this joint, rewind it, and listen to it a bunch of times. Because I, you know, I really said some stuff that I'm, I'm assuming went over a lot of people's heads. I really did. There's at least at least two things that were really critical. And some people listen to this and be like, "Yo, this, whoa." And I'm like, man, I was just talking. I don't go back and listen to my shows after I do them. So I just take people's words for it. Well, the bottom line is, is you know. I know how to run business. Like I said, I went to I went to college. I double majored in uh, you know international business and sales and marketing. Man, not only do I understand how to run, create and run businesses, I know I understand to create and run businesses internationally, and I know how to do the marketing and the sales for them. I did that already. I'm good. So, you know, when it comes to business, sure, 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 it appears so. It may look as though the foundation appears to take on specific characteristics of a, what you may know as a public business, but it is, in fact, a private contractual entity that is governed by its contractual provisions and administered by a board of trustees. The educational portion or initiative of the foundation is administered predominantly by me, so L. But I will also tell you, so L is a trust. I'm not playing out here. And I'll teach you that dance. Admin at welcome to the foundation.com. Hit me with the trustee training. Hit yourself, hit your life, hit your family. This is generational knowledge. <laughs> that allows for generational wealth. I mean, how how do you think how do you think you can't these people wake they're born, you know what I'm saying? They wake up 8 years old in their bed and they they got millions around them. This it's it's my heirs destiny to experience such a lifestyle. Probably not my children. Maybe my grandchildren Definitely my great-grandchildren. Watch. Or not. Either way, 
You do have the opportunity. Admin at welcome to the foundation.com. Say what's up with trust, trustee training. You know, um, it's a contractual arrangement. You sign a contract with the foundation. You know, there's contractual obligations for you. There's contractual obligations for me. There's things, you know, it's, it's all spelled out. There's no playing around. There's no getting scammed. There's no disappearing. There's no crickets when you need something. Consistent. This is what I wish was available when I came into this information. One central location with pretty much everything aggregated so I can set up my private estate and do business from the private. Because that Jew on the bow of that yacht the size of an apartment building told me that I need to look in the trust. After looking at me very, very weird and inquisitive for several seconds when I told him that I owned all of my own intellectual prop- property through my own publishing company. He was very impressed. Told me looking look in the trust. Changed my life. Changed my life. That's how I came into this information. Boom, right there. Some people, you know, they go to the Fed, they get into mortgage issues, they get into credit card debt, whatever. They got child support. They went to, you know, no. Me, I was on a yacht the size of an apartment building talking to a Jew and told him I owned all my intellectual property. And he looked at me really weird and told me I need to look into trust. Boom. From then till now is where Sotel came from and where the foundation came from. So from me to you, you know, I trust you received this in great health. In the best of, you know, the best of moods. Because this stuff right here will change your life, hands down. So I invite you to check out welcome to the foundation.com go to the education tab grab the the foundation trust primer you know grab the foundation trust series part one part two it's in depth hands down it's it's references it's not a bunch of theory i got supreme court case file i got so many citations in there i'm like a, a legal encyclopedia one of these american jurisprudence i'll be trying to every line i'll be trying to get from the supreme court case or some sort of authority. So you can't say you said. I ain't saying nothing. I just repeated what they said. They understand the power of a contract, fam. Get out of here with all this Willy Wonka stuff. All this, all this, all this weird. You know what I'm saying? What, what's going on? And, and what's the deal with people not handling their business? You know you're supposed to do some. And you don't do it. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. This, this, oh, I'm sad. I had a long day. Man, look, man. You gonna? I'm telling you, you're going to look at your hands, and they're going to be old and wrinkled and stuff. And you're going to say, damn. I should have, would have, should have, could have, would have. for Do it now. Do it today. Admin at WelcomeToTheFoundation.com. Trustee Training. We're playing. It's time to go private. It's time to set up your own business. Set up your family business. Straight up. This stuff is it's, it's a wrap. We're about to enter a new world, new new normal, new dance, new money, new currency, new new all types of dances. But the 
foundation of all this is contract. Foundation of all this is trust. So with that being said, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. I trust y'all. Enjoyed the show. You know, you were able to pick up what I was putting down. You gained something. Uh, you know, you know, you, you leave this, you know, this experience more full of information, more more of an informed and well-rounded person, and more motivated to, you know, work on your discipline and establish your private estate. I can't do it for you, but I can definitely help you. And I, I, I look forward to serving you. So y'all have a great week. Enjoy yourself. Take care of yourself. You know, live every day like it's your last. You don't know. Nobody knows. Love hard. And forgive often. Uh, assume ignorance over malice. Say 10 things that you're thankful for before you go to sleep at night. And I'll catch you next week here on the same. Same. Hot, hot, oh, hot. The hottest radio network on the planet. High frequency radio network. Peace of the God. Doing this thing all the way live. High frequency radio.